we are going to have to carry a multitude of different opinions and worldviews with us if we want to create a better world in this huge ecological crisis that we're, we're, we're facing now. If we, want to, if we want to create that behavior and systemic change, we have to focus primarily on the common ground as a way of building a comprehensive movement for change. I first became aware of Mark Allen's work and his model for holistic activism about a year and a half ago. I was immediately drawn in because of the many intersections I found between his work and our earthbound coaching approach. How do we recalibrate the way we are in relationship with ourselves, each other and with the world? How do we affect regenerative change in the world? And how to do that through mutuality, healing and respect, while also avoiding the exhaustion and burnout so many of us experience. I started our conversation by asking him to define an activist, to point to some of the less holistic aspects of the current activism paradigm, and to share some of his long relationship with activism and how that motivated his current approach. Well, the philosophy behind holistic activism is that everybody is an activist to a greater or lesser degree, that there comes a point where everyone becomes an activist, even if it's um, something really fundamental, like, you know, making sure that you've got clean water coming out of your tap. Um, but also holistic activism looks at activism in the broadest meaning of the word and the fact that we are we are active and everything we do that's active has a political implication has a has a knock-on effect uh, a ripple effect so um every every part of our lives um is a form of activism whether we're conscious of it or not um and i think for me uh it's really good to to, to try and make everyone feel ownership of that and feel that they are part of a, a um, that there is that, that, that sharing feeling of being an activist because it's the start of the holistic nature of it. It is the fact that we're, we're all in this together and, um, and everything we do is interconnected and the, the actions that we do are going to be a result of the actions that other people have done and are doing and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it, it already sort of starts from that kind of trying to take a holistic approach, even to the term activism. Um, so yeah, that, that for me is important. And holistic activism is, is of course aimed at activists, but it really is a, it's a social permaculture. It's a philosophy for living and it's, it's, and I really need to emphasize, of course, that it is part of a much wider conversation. It's one part of, of, of social permaculture. And there's nothing particularly original in it. I'm not claiming um, to be the, the owner or the author of a lot of this philosophy. This, a lot of, like, like with permaculture itself, um, all of the philosophy and holistic activism is philosophy that others have spoken before. Yeah, indigenous people have spoken before for millennia, um, and other. And so, really, it's a it's a 
it's a packaging it's a it's a repackaging of ideas in a particular way to create a conversation that i think is really pertinent to where we're at now and it tries to tie tie certain things together um which i think is important because through my years of being involved in activism seeing some of the struggles that we've had to to deal with and and face um and also my own personal journey dealing with anxiety and and trauma and all of those things as well and understanding the relationship between what we put out onto the world our outer sort of world and our inner worlds and the relationship between those two and realizing that my my journey in terms of learning about my mental health stuff is 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 intertwined with my journey as an activist and how that's true for the for the whole world so um so yeah so that's that's really for me the sort of the grounding for holistic activism yeah, yeah sounds great you talked about where we find ourselves today what what are we addressing in terms of a more holistic approach what are mm. the issues you're seeing yeah well the crisis that we're facing today is obviously more than just a climate emergency it is a uh, a crisis of the fact that humanity has lost its connection its deep connection to to non-human nature and that we've become so separated from non-human nature that we see things like climate change as kind of and and the and biodiversity loss as kind of reactive issues that we need to sort of challenge in order um to overcome in order to to guarantee our survival they're not being seen as a reflection of our deeper disconnect with with nature and a lot of the reason for our disconnect with nature is because we have created a uh a society that deliberately steers us away from reconnecting with nature so what we have to do is we have to to peel the onion back more layers than just saying we need to react to climate change we need to look at how we can challenge the societal frameworks that got us into this mess so we actually need to look at systemic change and how we can create systemic change but what gets in the way of that of course is is our behavior because the behavior that that has come out of you know these centuries of disconnection is such that we are um not very good at um dealing with our own inner stuff and therefore we're more likely to project that into the outer world and we're more likely to get bogged down into the politics of division and cognitive dissonance rather than trying to find a common pathway forward where we can not only change the system but also change our behavior back to one that understands that we are where our place is in nature and our relationship is with nature and the fact that no single person has all of the answers and the fact that we all have various traumas and pains and pain bodies that we um that we 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 need to sort of consciously 
not to project onto the world in a way so that we, we acknowledge our, our shadow sides and not project that into our work um, and find ways of, of, of not allowing other people to do that to us in a compassionate and assertive way so that through our change in behavior, we can navigate our way through the issues that lead to the cognitive dissonance. And that cognitive dissonance is the stuff that creates these rigid patterns of thinking that entrenches the division, that reinforces the system that we're in now, which is so disconnected from nature. When I did holistic activism, I created it in four steps to try and make it as simple as possible and they're not steps as such because they're all interconnected and they're all interrelated and it's all one kind of cohesive four but i I broke it into four steps to try and simplify it yeah my biggest challenge i think from here on is is communicating holistic activism in a way that uh, everyone can connect to and um and be able to sort of um yeah embrace if they if they feel so inclined yeah obviously i'm quite entrenched in all this and immersed in this kind of language and and yeah. this this world view so for me you know it makes perfect sense but i can yeah yeah from absolutely. the outside there are it's kind of multi-leveled and um and actually it's asking people to explore parts of self and worldviews that they may have be completely well probably are completely oblivious to so mm. just just that recognition of okay this is a this is a the total 180 reframing of, you know, how one can approach the world and how one can mm. be in the world. Um, mm. That in itself is a, you know, is probably quite disorienting for a lot of people. Because I think in a way, the work I've been doing is quite similar in lots of ways in that, you know, we talk about the story of separation. So we live in a culture that believes we're atomized beings. We're, se- we're separate from many parts of our full self. We feel separate from you know, I feel separate from you. Our family feels separate from that family. Our tribe feels separate from that tribe. And the biggest separation is humanity from from the rest of the living world. And that that essentially, that segregation, uh, the perception of segregation feels like tunnel awareness. And I think you talk about mm. that in your book, that you mentioned tunnel awareness mm. as a... That's um, right, yeah. And that what we're essentially doing is living in this kind of, a very fixated very narrow bandwidth and and all we're really trying to do is kind of open that aperture of bandwidth how do we reorient what our context is where we are from and then then we act absolutely yeah oh for sure yeah and the 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 whole purpose of holistic activism as well is that it can hopefully um adapt and, and work around all kinds of different approaches and philosophers. Um, and a, a key part of holistic activism is, is looking for the areas of interconnection where, where something really connects. Um, and it's so with, with this work, it's like, yeah, we, we're four steps. We don't have all of the answers. We don't have the philosophy on how to sort of deal with with trauma and 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 it's got links to how to be assertive in a compassionate way it's got links about how to think critically but it's there really to try and interconnect with um, a whole range of different discourses um, and people uh, 
might not connect with every aspect of holistic activism, but the fact is is that they they will almost certainly be able to find connections with HA in 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 various points that will be valuable to them, and that's all that all that matters. You know, it's it's it really is about building a movement, understanding that we're going to take in order to save the planet, so to speak, to use that term we are going to have to carry a lot of different opinions and perspectives with us. We're not all going to agree on particular issues. There are going to be vegans in the movement. There are going to be holistic grazers in the movement. There are going to be people who think that um, empowering women in Africa is important. There are going to be people who think that that's a distraction. And it doesn't matter because we will be looking for the areas of intersection and common ground to build a comprehensive movement for change um and um an understanding that the the model that we create is going to be greater than the sum of its parts and and different to what any one individual mind is going to come up with it's going to be a very different outcome and to be comfortable with that and to say yeah look i'm part of a wider conversation and it's going to go in a direction that i might not envisage but i'm going to be part of that conversation and as long as we ensure that critical thinking and um, looking for collaboration and, um, and and using that assertive compassion um, um, approach and reconnecting to something that's outside of our minds, that's deeper, that connects us all. As long as we use those philosophers, whatever the outcome is, it's going to be a lot better than it is now. Um, we're all going to feel a sense of ownership of it, yeah. even if, none of us can, no single person will be able to claim complete ownership of the outcome. Everyone will still have a part of the ownership of whatever we transition into. Yeah, no, I think that's super important as well. And I think what yeah. what I like about your approach is, you know, if we're kind of being permacultural about it, you know, the, the kind of pattern recognition in these steps. Yeah. and then And then, like you say, that allows any amount of details to emerge in terms of where, yeah. where your passion yeah. lies, what your pathway into it is. But mm. uh, maybe it'd be a good idea to have a look at some of these, these umbrella patterns that, that you, mm. in your four steps and just talk, talk them through and, and how mm. they, you know, how they function and how you came to them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah so, no, you know, step, step one is acceptance, uncertainty, yes. and presence. Yes. So, Maybe let's start with presence. Yeah. What's what's presence? Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. Presence, with under the definition that holistic activism uses, is to be comfortable in a space that is outside of thought, and even if thoughts are still going on in your head to be comfortable in a space where you're the witness to those thoughts and that you don't have to be attached to them. It's understanding that they, that um, there is something bigger than what our minds can envisage, something far more complex that lies outside of mind. And, I mean, it, it really feeds into the Eckhart Tolle stuff, the power of now. There's so much that's been written on being in the now. So, um, again, holistic activism can 
really connect people to all kinds of writings and philosophies and of course buddhism and ancient philosophies and indigenous people um you know in many parts of the world have had traditions where they have rituals where they try to get into a space outside of language to reconnect to the source to reconnect to that that depth because you know the, the human mind will break down the infinite into bite-sized chunks in order to formulate thoughts and concepts and that kind of thing which is great and really important and we don't want to um discredit that which is why we have a section on critical thinking um as well um but what's what we understand is that everything that we come up with conceptually through our mind is limited because the the absolute truth is outside of mind it's it's in a state of deep presence and deep peace and um you don't have to be religious or have any dogma to believe that because that's outside of all of that it's a space outside of mind where we can where we can go and having that as the grounding point of holistic activism is important because a it it takes us into that space outside of that anthropocentric um model that we're living under now where we are we are the most important thing and nature is subservient to us it takes us out of that space um but it also um enables us to to find our identity in something that isn't related to to language it it means that we can we can we can forge our identity into something that's infinite and that cannot be written down um that is and it's a safe space if 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 your if your identity and your sense of connection is to a space outside of language nothing can break that and that 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 is that is part of our reality there 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 is the part of us that observes our mind we are our minds and for sake of conversation I want to create a false dichotomy but we are our minds and we are that part of us which observes our minds and that part of us that observes our minds is is a really important component of who we are because that will have a massive influence on how we use our minds and that that becomes important later on in holistic activism but so it, it works on a number of different levels the the, the the presence is about reconnecting with something deeper and, and more beautiful and it but it also enables us to build our identity in that space so that when we do go back into the world of mind and conversation and activism we're less likely to get bogged down in the cognitive dissonance that creates the divisions that we're more likely to be able to accept our shadow side and not project it outwards that we're more willing to enter into a conversation and change our perspective and our minds because we don't identify with particular thought processes because we are deeply connected to something that's outside of mind yeah so then when we come to acceptance it'd be interesting to see what acceptance seems the opposite of traditional activism in in many ways you know Mm. resistance of what is it seems to Mm. be the definition of activism in a traditional sense so Mm. if we can access uh, you know, our deepest being, our presence. What does acceptance feel like then? 
What what are you talking about when you're yeah. suggesting we accept? I think that it, in order to be completely present, you do have to accept the moment for what it is right now. Um, and to emphasize that acceptance doesn't mean to say that we we have to like something or want it to continue or or we don't recognize the injustices that have led to the world that, that we acceptance doesn't mean to say that we 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 forget the lessons of history or that we ex, that we justify um inequality it it simply means that we can get into a space where we accept the fact that the universe has unfolded to the point where it is right now for better or for worse all the good all the bad all the evil but it it's the, our starting point is 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 here and this is the way it has unfolded for better or for worse that then can be a pathway into 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 the activism that will create change yeah um but so the philosophy is accepting that what is is a better pathway into into changing and creating a more equitable and sustainable world than um the not starting from a point of acceptance yeah um yeah um but it's and that came you know i learned i studied acceptance commitment therapy to deal with my anxiety when i was when i was um trying to find ways of of challenge of 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 you know managing my anxiety you know acceptance commitment therapy was was a crucial part of that accepting where i'm at now as a starting point not getting bogged down in in um Great. in all of the stuff that comes from not being in a place of acceptance yeah but it is challenging for people because in our society we we do equate acceptance with um facility yeah yeah and and that's really not not what holistic activism is about it 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 really simply just is is it's it's saying that the universe is as it is right now let's let's use that as our starting point let's learn from the past let's learn from the mistakes let's look at all the inequalities that are happening right now and 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 but we we tackle it from from that perspective of of acceptance yeah and acceptance is a gateway to or perhaps is the same as letting go of judgment so we're we're where we are open to the truth of the world however painful that may feel no amount yes, of project exactly. no amount of wishing it was otherwise which is a lot right. of what people's time is occupied with why are those people yeah. destroying the world if only they didn't do that yeah. then the world would exactly. be how i would like it to be so it's exactly uh, and, and exactly and if you carry that acceptance into your interactions with people you accept the person you're talking to is who they are right now and you accept the fact that they've gone through a journey that you know nothing about yeah. that their ancestors went on a journey that you know nothing about that they have all kinds of life stories that you don't understand and that they are that person right now and if you come into that conversation with the acceptance of the person who they are right now you are much much more likely to create a line of communication with that person that's going to lead to that person changing their world view and and you potentially changing your world view as well because conversations need to be approached as a a two-way meeting of minds 
if you come into a conversation without accepting someone who they are in their entirety, that's going to come through straight away, even if it, it, they're going to feel it. And then what happens is they put up the cognitive dissonance. They put up the, the boundaries, the barriers. They see it as an attack on, on them, the self. And therefore, any kind of conversation is going to have to go through that filter of their cog are going to have to try and penetrate through that filter of their cognitive dissonance. If you if you come into a conversation with that acceptance of who they are, then you're much more likely to create the fertile ground for um, critical thinking, which leads to changing of perspectives and awareness and all the things that take us into a better world. Yeah. So, yeah, acceptance really is a, a pathway into improving the world, not justifying the world as it is now as an excuse. Yeah, absolutely. So the third piece of that first step is around un uncertainty and, uh, and I guess learning mm. to be comfortable with uncertainty. Mm. Um, and, yeah. and, and that that also reflects what you just talked about in terms of people that you meet have a backstory you know nothing about. So yeah. if we come with a rigid dogmatic approach of certainty then you're inevitably, you know, wall meets wall in terms of, you know, egoic identity and defense and control patterns. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And also accepting uncertainty is also less likely to lead to your own cognitive dissonance. It's like, you know, I, I, I am willing to open my mind to changing my perspective because I am not fully certain about anything because you know we are we are limited by our by our minds um so again it is about breaking down those rigid egoic patterns and breaking down the cognitive dissonance that can lead to entrenching di division but again also uncertainty embracing uncertainty and embracing acceptance can also help the mind get into that state of deep presence. Yeah. It's like you, you, when you go, if, if I go into a meditation, I have to just be completely at peace with the way the world is right now. And I have to be able to let go or, or, or to become the observer of my thoughts. I have to allow my brain to be relaxed with the fact that it doesn't have to try and attach and be certain and pin things down and that it can be comfortable in a space of, chaotic thinking the conversations you've had with you know the maybe the more hardcore activists that might mm. be holding a lot of anger mm. and resentment and feeling burnt out and feeling like mm. this is an endless treadmill you know is is there a willingness amongst those people to i guess it's to do with acceptance to accept that maybe what they've been doing for so long isn't working as well as it could and that they might be open to a different way of approaching it. Yeah, I think there is. I've noticed in the last few years that activism is starting to change and that people are starting to appreciate the fact that we have to um, un understand that the way we do activism needs to be part of a a larger approach, which is the way we start to reassess the way we behave in terms of the society and our conditioning and 
and all the other stuff and and that you know that the world is a reflection of our you know the outer world is a reflection of our inner world and that we bring that into our activism a lot of activists burn out a lot i mean i i, I often I often approach holistic act- people with a holistic activism on the issue of burnout about holistic activism can play a role in in helping you to not burn out because a lot of burnout is coming up against cognitive dissonance it is that constant rubbing up against people and then the more you put your perspective forward the more there'll be an equal and opposite reaction because those people are not in it to change their perspective they're in it to win it they're in it to re reinscribe their identity and they will fight you i mean there's there's evidence there's actually peer reviewed scientific evidence to show that it doesn't matter how rational you are or 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 how much evidence you can present if someone is in a mindset of wanting to defend their perspective actually the more rational and the more evidence based you become the more they're going to dig into their narrative yeah. and what holistic activism can do is it can teach you to know when this is happening to know that actually this is not the either you walk away because it's not going to be make it's not going to help in fact it could potentially make things worse or you change your tact and you um you go back to the stuff that we said before about going into that space of acceptance with someone for who they are and going into the other stuff that you'll probably bring up in a minute with the assertive compassion and looking for the common ground and yeah. encouraging critical thinking and all of that kind of thing and, and changing it so that you you are more likely to create a an easygoing two-way interaction which is less likely to burn you out because so much of burnout is 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 coming up against this wall of ideology that you're constantly trying to break through and that's constantly reinforcing itself the more you try and break through it absolutely i think i i sense a hunger in people for it as well i gave a talk um at a permaculture event recently um which was live and in person which was nice and uh you know, quite a lot of people came up to me afterwards. And so it was, it was a, you know, conceptual talk laying out the framework and then a guided meditation. And there was just a kind of relief. It's like, mm. Oh God, yeah, I need that. You know, there's mm. some, there's a hunger for it. And yeah. And I find that very inspiring and interesting yeah. in terms of, you know, people maybe have, have just had enough of the way things yeah. are functioning at the moment. And it's, and they yeah. can feel, you know, wh- when they're exposed to that, they can feel it in their body. Like, okay, mm. yeah, no, I mean, mm. this is this is a release. Yeah, yeah, it's a complete relief. Mm. Um, and just a, that kind of groundedness in presence for a while, just to recognize the the reminder of mm. of what we are beyond this small self that gets itself tangled in conflict all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about that in terms of the next step of you know breaking this cycle of pain and and how that mm-hmm. you know that how that perpetuates this rigidity as well and this mm. this need to um to and cycle back and forth with 
with I guess mm. a righteousness and a, mm. and a judgment absolutely yeah yeah um that's 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 right so i mean the the, the first step is obviously about uh reconnecting yourself with that that presence and the, the the source and the bigger picture and then you start going into the realm of interaction and using your mind again and and how do you carry that that deep source and that deep connection with you into your interactions and it's um it's also about accepting our own pain and our own trauma and accepting the fact that we do as have a tendency to project our trauma outwards and we live in a society that has been very bad at teaching us not to do that or teaching us how to break the cycle so that but breaking the cycle of pain is is about ensuring that we don't project our trauma onto others as part of our activism and life in general of course um and not allowing other people to do the same to us but that in itself is is something that we need to constantly be learning and working on um because the danger is is if we say we i'm not going to let you project your pain and trauma onto me that can become in itself an act of passive aggressive behavior um and that can be manipulated by our own shadow <laughs> so yeah the key the key really is is to is is that we we have to do both we have to accept our own trauma accept our own shadow um, you know pure jungian psychology yeah. um and accept the fact that people generally have a tendency to do that and that's okay because that's what people do and that we can compassionately and the key is compassionately um use assertiveness techniques to make sure that we steer the conversation away from that projection of trauma um and and the, and and what's important is that you you have the best interests of the person you're talking to at the heart by doing that we're less likely to make it into a passive aggressive um mind based uh shadow based um assertiveness passive aggressive if 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 we if we say look this this person um is someone who is part of the source just like we are they've been on a journey we accept them for who they are i i have absolute compassion for this person i want the best outcome i can for this person in this conversation even if it means that this conversation can't keep going that's absolutely fine but it's when we we are not going to engage in the cycle of pain in this i'm not going to project my trauma onto them and they're not going to project their trauma onto me and i'm going to work make the converse, work to make the conversation to avoid that from happening in a way that that allows both people to come out of the conversation without any um resentment yeah. so that people come out in this in the same space that they came into it or or preferably better space you know so how does that function if you have or does it function if you have one good faith partner in that or one aware partner of, of this this commitment and perhaps you're coming into dialogue with someone who's not aware of their their shadow material isn't mm. 
isn't coming from a place of acceptance, you know, mm. which I, I guess is the reality of a lot of activists' interactions. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, we have to accept the fact that very few people are going to be coming into a conversation with the knowledge that they, they don't want to project their shadow uh, because we don't live in a society that's, that's taught that. We don't live in a society that teaches us that. And that's one of the reasons why we're in this mess. It's one of the reasons why we have climate change, according according to the philosophy of holistic activism. Um, yeah, so basically, it's it's a one way path. In that particular case, you it, the pressure is on on you to be assertive with them, but but to do it in a way that you do it with compassion. Um, and as as long as your intention is to be compassionate. You can use those assertiveness techniques. Um, and if you're coming into it from accepting them for who they are, they will still feel that. Even if you're being if you're being assertive with someone and you're coming from that place of acceptance, and coming from the place that they are part of the source that we all are, and 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 you coming in with the fact that you want the best for that person in that conversation. If yeah. if you're coming into that and you use those assertiveness techniques on them. Uh, that's that's all you can do. Now that person um, may can go in one of two directions, possibly. Let's just say, for the sake of this conversation, we'll say one of two directions. They will either get really, really angry and and dig down because they're they're kind of being exposed. They're sort of pain bodies. They're sort of seeing that, or they will they will come round and they will they will um it will improve the interaction but if if that person does not react well then it's again it's a sign that maybe this isn't someone that is worth communicating with at this time uh, yeah. that it's this isn't someone that necessarily you can work with and you don't have to burn yourself out with this person you just simply step away from them you, you without any resentment um and you just you just move on to something else if you can. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there are times when you can't. Um, if you're in a a relationship, or if you're in, you know, or if you're locked down and your husband is abusing you. I mean, there are so many factors where you you can't. And then, as holistic activists, what what all what we can do is we can keep working to create the societal changes so that people can yeah. walk away from people who will not cope well with assertive compassion so that people can leave their abusive husband or wife or they can uh, we can have social services to rescue children who are being abused so we 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 can do that too. So it's um it it, it I mean I, I don't want to sound oversimplistic and privileged by saying well you know you can just walk away if but from an certainly from an activist perspective in terms of working with people or trying to change the minds of particular people um you 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 know when to to walk away or to not use that technique. I mean, holistic activism, while it is about collaboration, it does understand the fact that activism is also about conflict. 
um, you know, if if you're trying to persuade the Prime Minister of Australia to stop, you know, or the Prime, say the Premier of the state of Victoria to stop logging, and and you, there comes a point where you protest and you you do whatever you do, you you, you change yourself, you you go into that conflict mode. Mm. Um, so it's not denying the need for conflict. It's just knowing that when we when we go into conflict, it's thought through, it's considered conflict. And even then, even when you're in conflict with someone, there's still an understanding that at some stage there needs to be an opportunity for that person to, to connect with that person, that they're still a human being with, with their trauma and their various they are who they are right now, but that might not always be the case. So you go into conflict with someone in a way that still gives you a pathway towards reconciliation later. I mean... Um, so is, is opposing you, action, like that kind of direct protest, training yourself to something, to a tree or to protect, you know, that kind of... It, is that always defined as conflict? You see that as conflict or can that, is there a way of coming into that in that same mode of acceptance and seeing that these are human beings that are, are of a very different opinion to you and perhaps being employed to do something that they exactly. may or may not choose to do if they didn't need the money, etc. But exactly. You know, that, that I, I, the mortgage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm just wondering, even if direct action can be lifted outside of the paradigm of of conflict, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's possible or not. But I, I I think I think it's it 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 can in the respect that conflict itself is needs to be considered. So you say, okay, it is relatively speaking, it's conflict. Relatively speaking, it's conflict. But if you come at conflict from a holistic activism perspective. It's like it's it's a conflict that doesn't come out of perpetuating trauma. It, it's a conflict that comes out of compassion. And it's like we have we have made the decision that we need to chain ourselves to this tree because the the, the agencies that want to chop down this tree uh, are not working with us in other areas and cooperating and are resisting. And this is a very precious tree and we, we want to save it. But as you say, you come at it knowing you come at it from that acceptance. You come at it from knowing that those people in different situations might do something differently. So it's a compassionate conflict in the sense that you're not, you're not telling the people who are trying to protect the tree that you don't use ad hominem attacks against them. You don't sort of tell them, you know, it's like I, I, during some of the Extinction Rebellion protests where people were getting arrested and I totally understood, you know, there was a time where people needed to get arrested and people being dragged away and the police, people resisting arrest, and I totally get that. And um, But some of the abuse that was thrown at the police, like you effing pig and I hope you, you're, you know, was probably not constructive mm. um, and it would not have helped um 
it's about yes i'm i'm in conflict with you right now and i will do whatever i can and i'm going to make your life difficult right now because that's the way the world has unfolded right now you're part of the police working for an establishment that we are up against and this is a serious climate emergency yeah it's going to be awful for you and for me but um there needs to be a pathway of reconciliation so you do you do the conflict stuff but you don't go beyond that because once you start going beyond the considered conflict stuff you start going into perpetuating your own shadow and your own trauma onto that person and you go back into the cycle of pain so i guess um to cut a long story short we don't want to carry the cycle of pain into our conflict and i think that idea of breaking the cycle of pain in terms of recognizing that whoever's engaged with this if they're a ceo of some evil corporation or they're they're an employee that's or they're a member of the police or that they are humans that are that are carrying their own uh trauma and their own um unprocessed shadow material and and that as soon as we recognize that in the other as you said you know that just by coming with that openness to recognize that that the other person is is a vulnerable human being that says fucked up as the rest of us um that immediately it doesn't necessarily stop what's going on in terms of like a policeman's job to remove you forcibly from somewhere they believe you shouldn't be but but it, it i guess it leads on to this step three doesn't it this kind of where is this common ground what is this common ground and if if that's the basis of your interaction is is only about finding common ground in in presence then you immediately kind of take away that language it's no longer an othering process and that seems to me that much of what your work is about is de-othering it is it really is yeah yeah so tell me about this tell me about this looking for intersection and and finding common ground and what the, what the process is mm. well that's right well you, you know that's the, the sort of step one is the sort of that finding that deep acceptance and it is about reconnecting your sense of self and identity to something that's bigger than your mind and reconnecting to that part of you that's the observer which sets you up to step two, which is to break the cycle of pain and to understand that people are who they are and all the stuff we've discussed using compassionate assertiveness and, 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 and managing to circumnavigate the cognitive dissonance that comes um, with, with a lot of activism. And that then makes creates the fertile ground for actually looking for the common ground you know because you know you're, it's going to be very difficult to build a movement based on common ground if you are coming from a place of um deep division um and you know it really is crucial because one thing that i've learned is that you know as i said earlier that we are going to have to carry a multitude of different opinions and worldviews with us if we wants to create a better world in this huge ecological crisis that we're, we're, we're facing now. If we want to 
create that behavior and systemic change, we have to focus primarily on the common ground as a way of building a comprehensive movement for change. So yeah, the, the, the common ground part of holistic activism works on two levels. It um, works on the level that by using step one and step two through acceptance and breaking the cycle of pain, um, we are in a more likely and in a better position to actually look for the common ground with someone because we're taking it outside of the realm of um, being in a conversation to try and win uh, or reinforce your worldview, um, which is why steps one and two really feed into this need for looking for the common ground. And of course, when we start looking for the common ground, people um, are more likely to relax into a space where they are open to uh, discussing issues where there might not be common ground. Okay. And that's important too, because if we create a conversation where both parties are willing to change their worldview based on new information, then we progress that way too. So it works on two levels. And then maybe that then actually comes quite nicely to, towards this critical thinking in terms of being multi-perspectival, you know, being able to collectively sense make from you know as many perspectives as there are in the room and so so you're holding that kind of duality internally of feeling the immense pressure of the state of things as they are versus knowing that this is a very slow very gentle unfolding process that can't really be rushed at the same time that's right yeah absolutely absolutely yes critical thinking is um i in terms of framing holistic activism it's the fourth step it's the it's very mind-based it's the complete opposite of the first step which is about appreciating the space outside of mind and being at peace with that um but i've also learned that mindfulness and meditation alone isn't necessarily going to be enough to save the planet um only because when we come out of that space and we engage in the world of mind we have to navigate the facts that the world that we're living in has been formulated through particular power struggles where particular ideologies are won out over others, where particular traumas have been perpetuated and passed on, where uh, ideas of separation and ego have been privileged above discussions around, um, you know, breaking all of that down so that we actually do have to engage in critical thinking with the knowledge that we're coming from that place that's outside of mind, that that place that's outside of mind is underlies it. And that critical thinking and embracing nuance will help us all 
get back into that space of non-mind, of non-ego and non-separation. But it's about understanding that we do live in a world that's been um, fragmented into these avenues of separation and acknowledging that and not denying it because the danger of being completely in the world of meditation and mindfulness and then stepping outside of mind completely can enable, allow various discourses to become more perpetuated and more dangerous. Yeah. Um, and critical thinking techniques is about creating that mindset where we constantly question, constantly challenge with the knowledge that no single mind can ever encapsulate all of the truth and that the nature of language is that we do break the world into smaller fragmented parts. And that that's okay. That's, that's the price of language, but the, 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 the price of language is eternal vigilance and it's not an, it's not a stressful vigilance it's not the vigilance of constantly you know being alert it's the vigilance of creating a world where we can have in-depth critical conversation and be comfortable with changing our perspective based on new information yeah and again for that to happen you really need the other, according to the holistic activist discourse, you, you really need those other three steps in place um, that we've discussed so that you can create that space for critical thinking. So that, um, and f for me, the first step of critical thinking is to understand how to make sure that we don't end up in tunnel vision, how we, we keep broadening the conversation out into looking for nuance rather than removing nuance. So it's understanding like false dichotomies and, um, and, and challenging those and in a way that makes people feel included. So what I say um, is that one of the steps of critical thinking is to try to add nuance to what people have said rather than to actually say that they're they're wrong um because by adding nuance they still feel that they have ownership and that they're part of the ongoing conversation but by adding nuance we can start breaking down some of those logical fallacies that get in the way of critical thinking but doing it in a way that carries everyone together yeah and does that involve a process of being critical of one's own thinking at the same time so i'm thinking of like yeah. con concepts of yeah. concepts of like straw manning and steel manning ideas and that's right yes so exactly it is very much about being aware of the um techniques that we end up doing so again that's it, why the, the 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 previous steps are important because we 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 you know a lot of the logical fallacies will come out of the the cycle of pain the the the, the trauma, the we're in it to win it attitude. Um, if we if we we break out of that and we get into a space where we are actually in it to change our perspective and create outcomes that are different to what everyone thought they to create different to create outcomes that you might not have preconceived, um, and that you're in it to look for points of connection and common ground then that 
that and the acceptance of where people are at, then that does create the circumstances for yourself to actually say, well, oh, hang on a minute, I'm going down this logical fallacy path here. Why am I doing that? I'm doing this because I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, I'm getting caught up in cognitive dissonance. Mm. So by avoiding the cognitive dissonance through the other steps, we're more likely to be able to not to recognize the logical fallacies yeah. that we're getting involved in and to be able to step back from it and to be able to recognize it in other people and to compassionately steer people away from it. And the best way to compassionately steer someone away from a logical fallacy is, uh, as I said, is to, to try and add nuance to what they're saying as a focus rather than to sort of say, you're completely wrong, for example. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that, so that nuance can come from your side or, or, or just more questions from you. So they're adding their own. Yeah, or, it, or it can be peeling the onion back a layer. I mean, we go back to um, a, a very divisive issue in the environmental movement is is population, for example. If, if someone comes into a conversation and and so and one person says, "Look, um, it's not about population; it's about consumption." And I actually, well, I think it's about both, or, or whatever. And it's like, well, you can't agree on that. Then the, you peel the onion back another layer and say, "Well, do you believe? Uh, I, you know, do you think that?" empowerment of women is crucial to how we transition out of the climate and ecological emergency. Do you think that empowered women is going to be an important part of building community across the world? And and do you think that mutual aid and sharing resources and sharing knowledge and education and health service is important? And they might go, well, yeah, of course. Well, it's like, well, it doesn't matter what you or I think about population. It's just that population it's will sort itself out will will reduce or whatever irrespective of what you or i think but what we do agree on is we agree on the deeper issues that influence population because they also influence a lot of other issues as well that we happen to connect on so you look for the points of connection on maybe the empowerment of women and then um if someone says well you know why are we talking about population when the um, uh, when you know ninety-five percent of the world's emissions are from the global north, and that the, the, unless we deal with the corporations and the corporatocracy, um, no amount of uh, you know birth control is going to make any difference to that. And 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 you, you acknowledge that, and you say absolutely, absolutely true, um, totally agree with that. But to add a little nuance to what you're saying, um, empowerment of women and education and all of those things and creating resilient communities is part of, I believe is part of the new approach that we need to be making in order to create a a different kind of world. And they go, Oh yeah, well, I I agree with that. Oh, so it's that kind of um, looking for the common ground, sometimes peeling the onion back a layer, looking for the underlying issues, looking for ways in, um, to de-escalate conversations that could end up in in division or cognitive dissonance, yeah. and to add nuance to what people are saying, so that through that critical thinking of actually just breaking it out of like false dichotomies, you actually come up with an approach where you don't necessarily have to have the same opinion, but you can help build a movement where we connect on issues that we both believe are important. 
To dive deeper into Mark's incredible work, please visit holisticactivism.net. There you can download the Holistic Activism booklet, a guided meditation, and you can find out about all his ongoing events and trainings. I'm Dan McTiernan. I'm a transpersonal psychology coach and an embodied meditation teacher. And together with my wife, Johanna, we run Earthbound, a coaching organization working at the fertile edge between transpersonal psychology, embodiment, and permaculture. To find out more, please visit our website at earthbound.fi.